Matthew's gospel. Matthew's gospel, please. Chapter 24. Just let me get a drink. Verse 37, please. The Lord Jesus is the speaker, he says, but as in the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are merciful and kind, compassionate and good and gracious. We thank you, Lord, that you have reached us, saved us by your grace. We thank you for the blood of the Lord Jesus that cleanseth us from all sin. Father, We come in all our frailties and our inabilities. And we come, Lord, and we just lay ourselves at your feet. And we ask you now, Holy Spirit, will you take us up? Take us up into yourself. And we pray, Lord, that you would take us up in the word. And, Father, that we would glorify your Son, the Lord Jesus. Lord, we pray that this would be given in a spirit of meekness but also, Lord, with the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, to be able to reach hearts and quicken spirits. The grafted word would reach many that is able to save the soul. Glorify your name, Father. Glorify your Son. And we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Just yesterday, and we were... As we said, we were taking a funeral, and on the way back from the funeral, someone from, I used to pastor in the Dublin church, had sent me a message saying, sad day for Ireland, a sad day for Ireland. And they were referring to the, uh, the voting that went on uh, to see whether there would be a low gay marriage. And whether gay marriage would have the equality. Now listen folks, humanly speaking, I am for equality for all men, all women. But marriage was not up to man to vote in nor vote out. The definition of marriage was not up to man nor up to woman to vote on. Marriage was constituted by God and instituted by him when he made Adam and Eve. Eve became his wife. So yesterday, this message from Dublin says, sad day for Ireland, because Ireland, as you know, had the referendum on this subject, and they voted for yes, overwhelmingly. Yes, over 60-odd percent of a turnout, and I think it was 70-something percent voted yes. It was a sad day, and it grieved my heart, grieved my spirit tremendously. I couldn't get it out of my mind last night, and it was mentioned about 
the Queen James Bible that's now in print and able to buy on Amazon. Gary showed us it this morning and it started striking back to my heart. And there was all over the media, social media, and there's all over the media a photograph of a big rainbow coming down in Dublin or in Ireland. A big rainbow. And so the rainbow flags were flying all over Ireland from buildings. They were being carried everywhere, rainbow flags. And even the jest was that the Irish tricolour of green, white, and orange would be flown, not flown, but a, soon would be a, a, a rainbow flag would fly in its place. Such was the, the victory that the Yes campaign had had yesterday. And with this happening, they seen someone had taken a photograph of this big rainbow coming over Ireland. And it's so bright. It's, it, it's a massive rainbow too. And so now they're claiming victory that God was on their side and that God was okaying their sin. Now, the rainbow flag of the homosexual community was taken from the Bible. And it was to do with a covenant that God had made. It is not a thing for sin. The Lord Jesus says in our reading in Matthew chapter 20, uh, 24, please. I think I told you 26, maybe. 24, verse 37. But as as in the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were noticed before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. The Lord Jesus says at my second coming, You're going to see a replica. You're going to see a likeness, as it were, in the days of Noah before the flood. Now, the Bible tells us that Noah was a preacher of righteousness. The Bible tells us that Noah builds the ark according to God's uh, direction and the size of the ark and the cubits it was to be made off and the wood. Everything was done according to the word of God and those who entered into the ark would be saved The Bible teaches us that. Turn with me to the book of Genesis, please. Just for a few verses, we want to look at how the earth was before the flood. Genesis chapter 6, please. Genesis chapter 6. And verse 1 says, And it came to pass, and men began to multiply on the face of the earth, And daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were fair, and they took them wives of all which they choose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be an hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children unto them, the same became mighty men which were of old men of renown. Notice. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination 
and thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from off the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the earth, for it repenteth me that I have made them. So here we see the heart of God as he looks upon what it was like in the days of Noah before the flood. Violence filled the earth, and we see that. But the evil imaginations of men's heart, the Lord Jesus says they were marrying and given a marriage. And the idea here is it's not that just you were getting married and the, there was another church down the road marrying someone else, and fathers were giving away their daughters to be married. The idea here is they were pluralistic in their marriage. Not only that, they also were fornicators. In other words, they were sexually immoral. And listen, this goes beyond any of the gay community, as they call them. This goes beyond that into every community. And the Lord saw it and was grieved at his heart and so much that it repented him. God says, I, I've made man and look at him. He said he would destroy all men and beasts and creeping things and the fowls of the earth, the birds from off the face of the earth. And notice the great judgment that was to come upon it. But look at verse 8, it says, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. In other words, God says that he would destroy all the men and the women and all those creeping things with a great flood. But God always gives us a way of escape. God always reaches down in his grace and shows mercy and kindness and goodness and compassion. And Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And so Noah takes the message of repentance, the message of turning back. We heard this morning how some of the newer translations of the Bible have omitted to put in the word repentance. Because repentance isn't preached from many pulpits anymore. Repentance is a turning from your sin. Repentance is a change of mind and a change of heart. Repentance is a turning from your sin and a turning on to God and following after Him. Repentance is a word that is removed from the vocabulary of many preachers and churches today. Rather, they would tell you, rather they would say, You've made a wee mistake. You'll be okay. The Lord says, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repentance is a change of your mind. And there are many that need to change their mind. Even Christians who need to change their mind. Change their mind about our lifestyle and change their mind about our thinking. And change our mind about this wishy-washy, watery gospel that we're being fed all the time, a social gospel, ear-tickling, things that make us feel better rather than chase after the heart of God. Here we have Noah as a preacher of righteousness and he's preaching grace. What is he saying? Repent and see the man and the woman who hears with the inner ear, that is with the inner man and the inner woman, the man and the woman who hears the voice of the Lord saying, repent, then they have found grace in the eyes of the Lord. They have found grace simply because 
they cannot know to repent except the Holy Ghost show them. Here, he builds the ark and God leaves a way for salvation. And here already is, a, is the, the, the very plain and simple showing that it is by grace are you saved through faith that is not of yourselves. You know, it's not of our works lest any man should boast. This is a gift of God that he has given us. And it's his grace that has reached down. In fact, the very word here for uh, of Noah found grace gives the idea of one bowing or stooping down in kindness to an inferior. The great and almighty God is about to destroy the earth and come in power and glory through his judgment. Do you know the judgment of God is the glory of God? And men rob God of his glory when they don't preach the judgment of God. God is glorified in all of his ways and in all of his doings. But he reaches down to all communities the hand of grace and love through our Lord Jesus Christ. The foreshadowing of the ark was pointing toward the coming of the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus says, as it were in the days of Noah, that before the flood, he says, as those days were, so shall it also be in the coming of the Son of Man. When I return, he says, it will be the same on the earth. We know the story, we need not read it, but we're told that the Lord sends the flood and only eight souls are saved. Noah, his three sons and their wives, and of course the animals that have went into the ark. The animals that were two by two and seven by seven. Seven by seven, seven of the clean animals, two by two of the unclean. Notice what it says in Genesis chapter 10, please. After the flood, after the resting of the ark, it says in Genesis chapter 10 and verse 12, And God said, This is the token of the covenant that he would not flood the earth, that is. This is the token of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. Take note of the words perpetual generations. In other words, it runs right out through the generations until tonight, until even yesterday. This is the covenant. I do set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be for a token of the covenant between me and the earth. And it shall come to pass when I bring a cloud over the earth that the bow shall be seen in the cloud. And I will remember my covenant which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the waters shall no more become a flood to destroy all flesh. And the bow shall be in the cloud and I will look upon it that I may remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh. That is upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, This is the token of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is upon the earth. See the word for token that the Lord has used there. The word token is the exact same word that is used when Moses was told to put the blood of the lamb upon the doorposts and the door lintels of the houses of the Israelites in Egypt. And the Lord said, I'm passing through Egypt this night in judgment. Now, death angel would come. He says, but when I see the blood, 
I will pass over you. And he didn't say, when I see how good you are, or how pleasant you are, or how churchy you are, how religious you are. He didn't say, when I see even what color you are. He just says, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. So judgment was coming through that night, and the Lord says, place the blood upon the doorposts and the door lintels. He says, for a token unto me. And the word there gives the idea, it's like a flag that will fly. It's like a beacon that will shine. He says, and I will see it and pass over. That's where we get Passover from. God passed over every home when he seen the blood in Egypt that night. Notice here the word token the Lord says in Genesis 10. This rainbow, this bow in the clouds, in the sky, he says it will be for a token. The Lord says, when I look at this, it will be that I will not destroy the earth with a flood. So the Lord Jesus then, he says that this is the way that the earth will be before the flood, but then judgment comes, the flood comes, and then there is a token or a covenant. So we have to ask, Lord Jesus, you're saying about coming back again? What happens when you come back? You see, the earth will not be flooded again as it was in the days of Noah. But instead, when Christ returns, he will be coming in flaming fire. In judgment of flaming fire. Can you prove it? I can indeed. Turn with me to 2 Thessalonians, please. 2 Thessalonians. And folks, you please bear with me tonight because I'm trying to do these from memory where these are. So if I get the odd one or two wrong, you'll forgive me, won't you? I'll try and read another one instead. 2 Thessalonians, please, chapter 1. Notice what the Apostle Paul says in verse 7. And to you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed in heaven, from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe, because our testimony among you was believed in that day. The Apostle Paul says Christ will be revealed in fire, and he will take vengeance on them who know not God and who obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's all men. That's just not one community. But that's all men and women. So let's mark that down. That was me before I came to Christ. I have a past. I had a lifestyle. And it had to change too. I can't expect to be a drunkard and enter into the kingdom of God. For the apostle Paul tells us that no drunkard will inherit the kingdom of God. And neither can I expect to be a drug addict and enter into the kingdom of God because Paul tells us that drug addiction is witchcraft before God. I cannot enter in by being a practicing homosexual. Nevertheless, the more I cannot enter in practicing and claiming to be one of God's own preachers.
This rainbow that came in this photograph, they claimed, look, the rainbow God is has uh, confirmed this and is pleased with it. Listen, the rainbow is a covenant after judgment. Did you hear me? Ireland may have flown a rainbow flag, many of them, but it wasn't about peace or covenant. The rainbow of God came to show God's glory is over this people where judgment will come. This nation, the Irish people, Um, thankfully here in Northern Ireland, we have not got this here yet, but it's coming. It's coming, brothers and sisters. You, you, You be sure as you're sitting in your seat tonight, this will be coming. The gay lobbyists will be lobbying for it to happen here. Again, we do not, we do not wish nor want any hurt or harm to come to anyone from any community. But one thing we must remember is the Word of God is still the Word of God. The truth is still the truth. There's a heaven to gain and there's a hell to shun. And if they turn from their ways like I did as an alcoholic and a drug addict, if they turn from their ways, then they too can be saved by the grace of God. But let's not water down the gospel and let's not change the words of the Bible to match their lifestyle. Turn with me to Romans chapter 1, please. We always hear people talk about homosexuality and sodomy, that it is a, an abomination unto God, and that's what the Bible says. It's not what I said, it's what the Bible says. It's an abomination. It's a hateful thing in God's eyes. But that's not what I say. The Bible says that. It doesn't matter what I say. It's what the Bible says. So people would come on to debates and say, well, we don't stone people anymore. And women who are caught in adultery aren't stoned anymore here. Well, I hope that they're not advocating that we start it because they keep bringing it up. But what they're missing is the new covenant of grace. But after the new covenant of grace was made at Calvary, it is still mentioned in the word of God. Not the stoning, but the lifestyle. Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, please. And let your eye run down just for time's sake. We'll have to cut some of this out. Verse 17, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. In other words, there's no man, and everywhere we're talking about now, in all peoples, there's no man or woman can say there is no God because even this very timepiece of a universe that we live in, it demands a creator to have made it. I have a watch on my wrist. And this watch tells me someone made it. 
It's intricate. It only goes by reason that someone made it and an intricate timepiece like from the very creation of God and the moving of the stars and the planetary systems right down to our earth and the little tiny creatures we're told it comes from a big bag. But yet here we're told, here we're told that even they are without excuse because God shows them that there has to be a maker and a creator for these things to be. Notice what it says here. Verse 21, because that they knew God and because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. Remember the imaginations of Genesis chapter 6? Every man was only evil in his imagination all the time, all the day. Notice this. In their imaginations and then their foolish heart was darkened. Notice it was darkened, darkened hearts. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. They changed the glory of the corruptible God into an image made like unto corruptible man, unto birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up, notice the language here, to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Now, we could put this down and say, well, this is fornication. Well, that's what we're saying, even fornication. Uh, and they were having orgies and all these sort of mad party things that they were doing. And here the Bible's telling us this is what goes to all men and women. But then it zeroes itself in uh, into, uh, verse 25, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Here it goes from making idols to becoming the becoming God themselves and making God an idol just. They become the creator and God becomes the server. In other words, man can do as he likes. Set yourself free and live by your own principles. Be your own God and forget the word. And that's what's happening in our nation. That's what's happening all over Ireland. Verse 26, for this cause, notice because of what we have said, for this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections. Does your Bible say that? Yes, does your Bible say that? My Bible says that. God gave them up to vile affections. Notice, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. So we're told it's natural. The world says it's natural. I had a, a photograph sent to me online, a, a post, as they call it. Some farmer put up between two posts and a square on it that says something like, two bulls cannot make a herd. Hello? What's natural about that? For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another. Men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. Here the Bible says, that the men who burned with lust one toward another 
and lived in that lifestyle started to reap that which was theirs. Disease. This is New Testament. This isn't about stoning. This is lifestyle. Turn with me. To the book of Revelation, please. We want to look at this, this rainbow. Revelation chapter 10, please. Now, when you're looking at Revelation chapter 10, this is the chapter of the Protestant Reformation. We'll not go into that tonight. But notice what it says here, verse 1. And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, and the rainbow was upon his head, and his face was as it were the sun, and his feet as pillars of fire. Notice his feet were as pillars of fire. Now, when we see this description, we see also this description uh, that is messaged through the Scriptures. And we also see all of these descriptions poured into our Lord Jesus Christ. Revelation chapter 1, please. Revelation chapter 1, and let your eye go down to verse 7. Behold, he cometh with clouds. Revelation 10, 1 told us he's with clouds. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him. And they also which pierced him, and all the kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Notice the Lord describes himself to his deity that he is Almighty God himself. Now notice this, if you just let your eye run down the chapter, please. And John turns around. Notice what it says in verse 12. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And also in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire. And his feet were like on the fine brass or burning brass, it could be said there, as if they burned in a furnace. And his voice was as a sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a, a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun in his strength. In his strength. Notice that. And it's the same in, Je- in Revelation chapter 10 and verse 1. Notice what John says, And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen, and have the keys of hell and of death. The Lord Jesus is shown here, Matthew chapter 16, he speaks of the cross I'm going to Calvary. And then in Matthew 17, we're not turned for time's sake. Matthew 17, we're told he take us, eight days after, he take us Peter, James, and John up, up the mountain. And he's transfigured before them and his, his garments are glistening and his face is like the, the very brightness of the sun and its strength. Here he see, we see him as the Lamb of God in Matthew 16. 
And then by the time we get into Matthew 17, we see him as God, a very God. We see him as Almighty God. As he has transfigured before his disciples. This is the one who's coming again. Now this rainbow, we're told in Revelation 10, it says in verse 1, I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud and the rainbow that was upon his head. The rainbow, we follow it from Genesis chapter 9. And when we follow it right through, go with me please to Ezekiel chapter 1. We want to find out more about this rainbow. Ezekiel chapter 1. Ezekiel sees a great vision by the river Chebar when he's in captivity in Babylon with the house of Judah. Yes, go right to near the end of the chapter. Let's go to verse 26. And above the firmament that was over their heads was the likeness of a throne and the appearance of a sapphire stone. And upon the likeness of the throne was the likeness as the appearance of a man above upon it. And I saw as the color of amber and as the appearance of fire round about within it. And from the appearance of his loins even upward, and from the appearance of his loins even downward, I saw as it were the appearance of fire. And it had a brightness round about, and the appearance of the bow. That is, in the cloud in the day of rain. The rainbow, in other words. So was the appearance of the brightness round about. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. Notice that. The glory of the Lord is shown by the rainbow. The covenant-making and the covenant-keeping God says he will not judge the world again by a flood, and he will remember it by a bow, and that's his glory that he can keep the covenant. But Christ says when he returns, the earth will be the same, but this time he will come in fire. He will answer by fire. And so the appearance of the brightness round about was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And when I saw it, notice, I fell upon my face and heard a voice of one that spake. Notice, here like John, Ezekiel falls on his face. Read Daniel. Daniel fell on his face. Do you know what this tells me? It doesn't matter how holy one thinks they are. Daniel says when he's seen the glorious man, he says that his comeliness in him, all that he thought he was righteous and holy before God, he says it turned in me into corruption and I retained no strength. Now if Daniel was a man greatly beloved, praying three times a day and kept faithful through all things and even people say dare to be a Daniel, stand up for God like Daniel and Ezekiel the prophet who's in imprisonment here or, or captivity in Babylon can see this wonderful glory and falls upon his face and John the apostle, the apostle who is known as the apostle of love, the one whom Jesus loved as he's known, he falls on his face. I want to ask you, these men and these women who fly in the face of God, when he returns again, where will they stand? Where will they stand? And that goes for all men and women outside 
of the Lord Jesus Christ, by the way. Outside of Christ. Don't you hate them? But love them and pray for them. Go with me to Revelation chapter 4, please. As I'm looking, I'm trying to find where these are so you can bear with me. Let's read from verse 1. After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it were a trumpet talking with me and says, Come up hither, and I will show ye the things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the spirit and beheld a throne was set in heaven and one sat on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone and there was a rainbow round about the throne. Notice this. In sight like unto an emerald. Is that strange? (laughs) It's like an emerald. This is the Emerald Isle, isn't it? So strange. And around about the throne were four and twenty seats, and upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting upon, sitting clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns of gold. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunders and voices, and there was not, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne, there was a sea of glass like unto crystal. And in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. Notice what they're all singing, verse 11 at the end of the chapter. For thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and power, honor and power. For thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Here we have the rainbow around the throne showing God's covenant-keeping mercy. Yet there's a burning spirit, the Holy Ghost. It says seven spirits. That doesn't mean there's seven Holy Spirits now. It really gives the idea of the perfection of the Holy Spirit. Burning like fire. When Christ returns... He's coming in flaming fire. He's taking vengeance on all them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's all men. They said I was exercised to bring this because of this vote in Ireland yesterday. Revelation 14. We'll read this and we'll close. Verse 14, And I looked, and behold, a white cloud. And upon the cloud one sat like unto the Son of Man, having in his, on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice unto him that sat on the cloud, 
Thrust in thy sickle and reap, for the time has come for thee to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. And he that sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. Brothers and sisters, here is our Lord's return. He says, as it were in the days of Noah, so shall also be in the coming in the days of the Son of Man on this earth. It's time the church woke up. It's time the church stood up. And it's time the church was prayed up. Lord, in wrath, remember mercy. Bring a study sometime. You know, you can stem the judgment of God with your prayer. The house of Pharaoh was blessed because of Joseph. Abraham said, Lord, if you're going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, he says, if I find 50, right down to find five, he says, I won't destroy it. Five righteous could have kept the city from destruction. Even when the, the men came to the angels who went into, into Lot's house and banged on the door to bring them out to have sexually immoral relations with them. It says in your Bible, send them out that we might know them. It wasn't, hello, how you doing, Mr. Angel? It's nice to meet you. I'm glad to meet an angel from heaven. The idea there is to know them like a man should know his wife. And that's the world of Sodom and Gomorrah. And if there was five righteous, God says he would not destroy the city and he couldn't find him. He took Lot out and his wife out. And his wife turned back and was turned to a pillar of salt. We'll bring a study on it sometime. You and I as the church in this nation and in our land, you and I can stem the tide of judgment by our prayers and our supplications for the lost, by our prayers and our supplication for all communities, you and I must go before the Father and plead for mercy, that his grace might reach them, and that their ears might hear the voice, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. May God bless his word. It's a solemn word. It's a controversial word. But it's nevertheless, it's the word of God. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to sing how.